And now, it's the Whips and Giggles Podcast with hosts Lonnie and Jake. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of the Whips and Giggles Podcast. My name is Jake. My name's Lonnie. And we've got an amazing guest in today. And would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Lavender Menace. And today we're going to be talking about all odds and sods with Lavender. Yeah, a bit about what you do. So do you yeah. want to give a bit of background on yourself, just like what you do at the moment? Yeah, so I guess mainly a queer, kinky, burlesque performer is like my main thing. Do pole and acro and some hoop and flexi type stuff. Um, and yeah, that's basically it. I already feel like I've got nowhere near the cardio that you've got. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I don't have... Flexibility, I think, is the word. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm rubbish at cardio. Cardio is not my bag, but right. flexibility, kind of strength stuff is. I was yeah. going to say, though, like, in terms of, like, obviously, pole, aero, all those types of things that you're mm-hmm. talking about there, that is, like, a lot of working out, though, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think a lot of people think to get to that level of, like, grace where you can see someone, like, holding themselves perfectly on a pole, like, and, like, lowering themselves down. I think people think that they can just do it. I've been a pissed in my mate's house. She's got a pole set up and I've been like, I can fucking (laughs) do this. Who hasn't tried that? She taught me the, like, spinny thing (laughs) and then I tried doing the whole thing from the side and I was like, oh, my God, I am not ready for this. Annoyingly, though, like, people who are, like, birth assigned male tend to be really quite good at just flinging themselves on a pole and doing strengthy moves. But then when it comes to, like, you know, gripping on with your thighs and core strength, people who are birth assigned female tend to have the advantage. I am built like a Warburton's unbaked loaf <laughs> in the midsection there's no like even though i can squat a lot I'd love lift to a lot see like, it. i'd love to see it, you giving that a go i'll tell you what maybe that'll be when we do the live podcast yeah maybe i'll do a, uh, maybe lavender can coach me through some sort of pole routine yeah yeah, yeah. that'd be quite yeah. funny love that yeah <laughs> <laughs> So we always start the show with a bit of like, what have you been up to? Kind of, we always have a diary entry, don't we, of what we've been doing at the moment. So I know we recently met you actually for the first time, didn't we, at Riot Party Social? Yeah. What did you make of that? Oh, uh, I loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it. I thought it was really, really interesting and engaging and the performers were just fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So that's like a sex worker led um, kinky social, isn't it? And there'll be mm-hmm. a play party soon. Um, I was laughing at, how horrendously me and my friends are playing bingo because we're just like a bunch of of, well queer neurodivergence so there was half of the group that was like intensely like I'm listening to this bingo shut the fuck up and then the other half that were just like "Mm, I think they said 23 might be 24 I don't know yeah it was an interesting room to play bingo with was it your primary partner that was next to you that we had a bonding moment there where we both realised I've got ADHD he's got ADHD and there was a whole moment there where i was like i'm not able to function right now there's, there's not <laughs> no, much wasn't it? it was it was quiet in the room they didn't have the music on i think then they realized and they put the music on and both both of you just went oh i can concentrate now yeah, yeah, and you, i was like what does it, that not make it harder because there's more going on you're like no yeah. it was a sti- I, think, I think it's like a stimulation thing like when there's yeah. music on or whatever it's just easier to focus on little stuff like that but the, the, the bonding moment that we have was like oh fucking hell yeah, yeah you too yeah yeah oh fuck right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was really good though. The performances were really cool to see. And then it made us very excited for the actual party now, didn't it? Really Which is excited. in July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, do you know what I really liked about that as well? Like in the space, they really made it like super lighthearted. It didn't feel mm-hmm. like like clicky or anything like that. And uh, it was it was 
refreshing for me as well because I was like, I feel like I'm sort of welcomed here because I had a bit of a problem with the way that crossbreed was led in the past in feeling like that I wouldn't be welcomed into that space mm. because I'm obviously a, a straight white guy. Mm. And obviously, I think there was like, in that space, everyone was talking to me, everyone was very open, smiley and interacting. And I, it, that to me was an instant good reflection mm. like it's, it's it's made me feel welcomed in that space which is really good yeah yeah mm-hmm. re- I, it was a big benefit for me that yeah we mm. felt the same about it i think because there was stuff to dip into like i was saying before i think if you're somebody who's really new to the scene and you're curious but you don't want to commit to going to a play party mm. you can dip your toes in can't you with just um I'll just see. I'll just go along, mm. have a look at some yeah. performances and meet some nice people. And then you might be inclined to go to the play party or you might just go to a couple more socials yeah. exactly. go to the play party. It gives you an crying. idea and a really like basic level of yeah. what to expect in a in a bigger, more yeah. ravey type space. I love mm. the guys who run it as well. Like we only briefly yeah. had an interaction and we're hoping to have them on yeah. the podcast at mm. some point. And I know they were super busy, but like the, even the first interaction that we had with them, super lovely, super warm, welcoming. Yeah. And, like, again, that's exactly how I want running these sorts of events. Yeah. Like, we were screaming from the rooftops the second crossbreed went away that we needed something to fill that gap. Yeah. And, obviously, we go to plenty of kink events and then we've stopped going to as many now because it doesn't really scratch our itch anymore. Mm. Yeah, And same. we needed, like, the sex rave scene to come back in that sort of throttle, do you know what I mean? So to see that it's being run by the right people, it's in the right sort of vein and it's also, yeah. you can tell it's a passion project for them. That's exactly what I want. It, like, uh, for, for me personally, mm-hmm. I think that it's that exactly what I want to see when it comes. I to think that, so. like specifically as well, like queer sex worker led, and like within the management structure, like people of color, that feels mm. like the important yeah. bit. Because you're right, there are like lots of technically kink spaces out there mm-hmm. if you're willing to perhaps travel a little bit. But Manchester's massive and it's yeah. really queer, so it's nice to have something that's here. Yeah. 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 We went to Crossbreed as well and it was nice for what it was, but mm. I think, yeah, there was lots of things to kind of build on and learn from. Yes, exactly. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Which, yeah, we're hoping they'll, they'll do here. Yeah, I'm well excited. It's and a... then Sexquisite was on Friday, which is by like a crossover of the similar people. Yeah, yeah. do you want so to talk about really... that a little bit? Because yeah, obviously yeah. we'd only heard about it from that yeah. event yeah. and obviously yeah. I've seen a couple of the videos and stuff through our Instagram and whatnot, but do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So that was on Friday at Islington Mill um, and it was run by one of the same people from riot party so one half of the management of of riot party so sexquisite is an exclusively sex worker led um event space so we went to the event on friday and it was just loads of like queer wonderful quirky performances so there was some like uh, stripper style floor work some burlesque there was some like more clown kind of interesting almost like contortion-y performances, just really unusual, really cool. Some spoken word, which was gorgeous, and um, some songs as well, which I was telling you about before. The song about pegging cowboys. Pegging cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) A country song about pegging cowboys. It's been in my head for the rest of the weekend. I love it. (sighs) I need, you I'm need to come. Yeah, need no, to I, need, I need to check. The- yeah. Were you saying that that was the person that um, hosted the social that we went to? Yeah, that, yeah. That sang yeah. that? Ah, right. yeah. Okay. I think yeah. they're called Nadalay, I think, if I'm getting the name right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. from what I've seen yeah. Yeah. on social media. Well, shout out to that person. And, you know, yeah. I can't Hilarious. wait to hear more songs about pegging cowboys. <laughs> right on my street. Like. <laughs> Love a bit of country, especially when it's got I that do. to it. Yeah. It's got a Wheeler Walker Jr. So should we dive into a little bit about like your burlesque and your performance background? Where did you start doing that when and how? Well, it started with pole first about kind of 
probably five years ago, um, and that's at Siren Asylum in Salford. And they really are like family. That is the way in which that community is set up. Like everyone, once you're in, you're in. And mm. it's just a really kind of wonderful very neurodiverse, queer family environment. So started doing pole, a little bit of like aerial hoop and trapeze and a bit of flexibility there. And then the pandemic hit. Mm. So done that for quite a while. Um, and then the pandemic hit and I needed some structure. And one of the things that was happening online, so we'd moved completely online at that point, um, was burlesque. And on a Friday evening... My now burlesque mama and one of my best friends, Lily Von Ice, she put on a little burlesque um, online session at like 7pm. So it just became part of my routine that Mm, it was something to put makeup on for, to just put some lingerie on, have a glass of wine and meet all of these lovely, gorgeous people on um, this burlesque online session. And just did it as a bit of fun at first, but obviously autism became <laughs> my hyperfixation um, <laughs> and didn't do it like half-assed it was just kind of a, I really enjoyed it really found it empowering um so continued doing that for a while and then she asked if I wanted to do my debut at the Fitzgerald in the northern quarter because wow. um, okay. I've been working on a performance piece and even at that point I was kind of like are you sure like <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah worked hard at that did a performance and again just thought it would be something that I could kind of say oh that was fun I've done that yeah. like that that's yeah. cute yeah. I've worked at something and now I can kind of say I've done a performance but really really enjoyed it really good reception from the audience and um so a couple of my partners came to see it um, my primary partner one of my other long-term partners and I've got a twin sister um and she came to see it and all of them after it was like that was amazing we thought you'd be good, but there was a slight part of us that was like, what if it's not? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we have to pretend. <laughs> right, you give it a really good go, but it stick to it, stick to thing, yeah. yeah. Oh, they have no faith in you then, clearly. No, no, they said they did. They said they did, but there was a bit of them that was like, um, so we'll all just be like poker face, you know, like <laughs> if it is shit um so anyway they were like it was absolutely you know amazing it was really really good um so yeah kind of stuck at it then um continued doing more um and then obviously i've got to the point now um where it's it's just something that is completely my alter ego just do um as many gigs as i can but mainly focus on as much as possible um kind of queer more kind of alt scene is definitely um definitely where I like to perform. Um, so I've never, I said this to you the other week, well, the other day, didn't I? Never seen a burlesque show. Don't really know a lot about it. Mm. I know you have, haven't you, Jay? Yeah, I've seen a fair few. Um, so, like, I genuinely want to understand a bit more about what it actually is and how it differs from stripping. Because what I've seen so far, it seems to be a crossover in some way. What is the difference there? Yeah, so definitely a massive crossover. So I think as a burlesque artist, we have to honour that our roots are definitely from strippers. Like there is no differentiation in that sense that, you know, we wouldn't be doing burlesque without strippers. So we absolutely stand on the shoulders of strippers. And I think we just have to honour, and certainly I do within my um, performances, that, you know, there's work, there's floor work, there's stuff that I do within my performances because that's the style I like. I like doing kind of neo-stripper style performances that just directly come from stripping. So, for example, stripper heels, that's what they are. They're made to be... 
um, you know, uh, for the poll, but um, just kind of honouring certain language and things like that within our performances. Um, I guess the it depends what you're doing, really. It depends what style of burlesque you're doing. Mm. So my burlesque mama, Lily Von Ice, she's um, more traditional slash um, a bit kind of, you know, rock alternative. She does like yeah, a yeah. mix. Um, so you might often see her doing more like kind of glamorous, like robes and feather boas and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then mm-hmm. there's other kind of performances that I think I was telling you about the other day. So I kind of um, support kind of stage kitten for Kitty Valor's shows and her shows are very much um, kind of neo-stripper style um, kind of shows. So her kind of performances will be uh, more authentically kind of stripper style because her background's stripping. Right. Um, so you'd see something quite different there, which is gorgeous. It just depends what style style you, you want to see, really. So what's your style? Is it a mixture? Or? Yeah, so more now, it's at the beginning, it was probably a bit chaotic because I think everyone starts out a bit chaotic where they're kind of, you know, just trying on figuring a little bit of everything, yeah, just yeah. like figuring mm-hmm. it out. I think now I'm more established. I think it's definitely more kind of neo-stripper style, um, quite alternative. I try and incorporate a bit of kink into it where I can, which has been really interesting because mm. it's like certain moves that you can do that give the illusion of kind of hands being bound um, or just kind of, you know, playfully grabbing your throat or yeah. things like that nice. that you can incorporate. Okay operate into a routine Mm. and there's some really kind of nice uh, playful routines that I do with one of my other um, burlesque um, kind of pole um, friends um, and she's called Miss Fianna Rose and we do a double a couple of double acts actually but we tend to play around with a more dom sub dynamic when we do it so we'll Love kind that. of incorporate into the routine that kind of playful kind of simulating going down on each other or like pushing each other away or kind of like I'm done with you now I'm going to throw you to the side <laughs> um, and we just kind of do that uh, and try very hard not to stab each other with our stripper heels when we're doing that. <laughs> I feel Amazing. like that'd be the one you'd be most interested in watching, wouldn't you? For fucking hundred percent. I heard that in the back of my head there, and I'm like, "Why would be all over that?" But I think um, in the past, a lot of the ones that I've seen have been very sort of like traditional, um, sort of feather boa esque. Yeah. Uh, and I've been to smaller shows and bigger shows over the years. And what I found is on this sort of like turn of like a more alternative like queer crowd coming in, as you've said, it is sort of changed the boundaries and the differences between it. And it has injected a lot more of like you were saying that like the strippery elements into it. And then a lot of the sort of even the sort of like even when the rocky elements came into it, I know that a lot of people choose to have sort of like a an old sort of like 1940s jazzy-esque vibe to it. But then when you see someone doing burlesque to like Thin Lizzy, even that has like changed, it, and it, again, it crosses that boundary where stripping started to go into like using rock music and stuff like that, mm. which to me is super mm. interesting. And I know at some point, Lan really wants to go and see mm. some burlesque. We're going on. We'll come to the, your next show. That's yeah, one hundred percent, definitely <laughs> coming to your next show. Like you're saying there, the stuff that you're experimenting with there, with we've injecting kink into it, is super fascinating to myself personally because I've not seen that. Mm. And having a two-person dynamic as well like that on stage, I can see why that's going to get a massive appeal to it for sure mm. and it's, it's obviously something that you're really passionate about as well yeah. which is again it i didn't know it was because i always thought there was like certain lines with like burlesque has to be this or stripping has to be this uh, yeah. and what you're saying there is there's it's way more lenient than it's ever been right yeah do people like not agree with what jake's saying there and you know the purest kind of approach do you get pete do you come across people like that where i will only do this and you should not be incorporating that because that's not traditional burlesque do you get people doing that kind of thing i think if you did i'd be really questioning kind of um 
why they're doing burlesque because I think you can't mm. appropriate, you know, doing um, a certain discipline and then try and purify it by taking out a stripper element. That's and I think there's point. certainly that yeah. with like pole where there'll be certain studios that perhaps will um, be, you know, homophobic. You know, they'll mm. kind of not want stripper heels in the studio or, you know, will not honour the roots of where um, pole comes from, for example. Um, and I know we were talking about burlesque, but I think I'd, I personally wouldn't go to those studios. I think it's really mm. important to me yeah. that the studio um, isn't homophobic and Sirens is a super accepting um, mm. studio that has you know people um, as part of it who are um, strippers and sex workers. That's really important to me. And I think what's interesting is with burlesque, it opens up the conversation. So if you're, for example, like it's more socially acceptable, I think, for a lot of people who aren't part of this world, who aren't part of King, yeah, yeah. burlesque or pole, it's much more acceptable to be like, oh, should we go and see a burlesque show? Yeah, yes. of course Have it a few is. Yeah, drinks. Yeah, yeah. But then that's a, such a good opportunity to open up the conversation of, mm. oh, actually, do you know what the history of this is? You know, do, would you ever go to um, support like your local strippers and things like yeah. that? Mm. I'd be really interested in who would go to see burlesque and who wouldn't go and support strippers because yeah. they come from the same yeah. the same world. Do you know what? That's, a, that's really you use the term there, homophobic. Do you, where do you think that sort of come from in that world? Because I don't think I, I've never heard anyone say that term before in my life. I didn't realize that there were studios that wouldn't let you wear stripper heels and stuff like that. Do, have you seen that yourself personally, or is that something that's happened over the last couple of years, or is it certain studios that like? have sort of like a clinical approach to the way that they're doing it and trying to cut that side out of it. Why is that? Yeah, so I've only ever gone to Siren Asylum. So my experience of the kind of pole and burlesque world has been super accepting. So that's all Mm. I've ever really known. So I feel like even in the very kind of embryonic stage of my pole and burlesque career, it's been kind of drummed into me about this is where, you know, it comes from, this is what we do to to honour it and this is the language you should use but I know from kind of hearing other people and just listening that that isn't always the case which makes me really sad Mm. Um, I think what you just said is exactly it I think some people see it as it's fitness and we do pole fitness right okay but you can't just do pole fitness because no, yeah, that's without honouring... I mean, some people will choose to do pole for fitness. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But you yeah. can't yeah. take yeah. out, like, the element of, you know, stripping and, and what have you yeah. from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've like still that, got to run that was my main thing, thinking yeah. in my head there. So, like, are people trying to... Almost like they're trying to turn fucking pole stuff into crossfit mm. it's just not gonna happen do you know what i mean it's but it's just, always like, gonna have a sexy element to the yeah. way that of you perform is. on the pole isn't yeah. there you know even to the point of you you wear their little clothing which is for grip right if i'm right in saying that but you're not wearing a lot of clothes you're already like yeah My i don't know and, and then the way you're moving limited. your body I, and everything I wore very little clothing so <laughs> I, you know, I can't really speak for everyone else but so, i had better grip so there's two elements to that so in in a pra- from a practical sense yeah you wear little clothing to get mm. good grip but also, you wear very little clothing. Well, some people might choose to wear very little clothing mm. because that's it comes from stripping and yeah. you would yeah, yeah, and take exactly. off clothes. So another might be a basic question, <laughs> but that's what I'm going to be here for today. Um, can pole be part of burlesque or is that a separate thing? Yes. So I do some polesque. I'm not sure if I've just made that name up. That's but a really that's good name. I love it. I call it. Yeah. Get a trademark on that quick. <laughs> <laughs> like, someone it. else is probably like, mm, no, I made up that name. Yeah. Um, Drama. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I do some pole So one of my performances that I've just been doing choreo for today is um, to, yeah, a mixture of burlesque and pole. 
Usually I do a mixture within my burlesque. I'll do chair acro is yeah. my usual because it's easier to bring a chair to an event yeah. than to put up a pole. Um, and not all the kind of venues will support a pole. I'll be able to like put a pole yeah. up in. Yeah. So it's usually mm. just a bit easier, a bit less faffing. Um, but yeah, the next one will be with a pole. Oh, that sounds so fucking good. I want to see that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with your friend. <laughs> <laughs> just fuck it. Just get them all on stage by this point. Fucking hell, we'll just turn it into all jazz. Just on the end of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in Kitty Velour's show, that's what she does. So at the start and at the end of her shows, she has like what's called a stage orgy. And everyone just, well, not everyone, but all the performers and the, the kind of stage kittens and what have you will get on stage and everyone will just be dancing. So I feel like... So you're like, oh, you, you, know you thought that was something else. <laughs> you fucking thought that was something yeah, else because I, I thought that was something <laughs> else. And my immediate thought is I've been going to the wrong fucking shows. It's not that kind of thing, is it? <laughs> I've spent a decent amount of strip clubs as well and I haven't seen that kind of stuff, do you know what I mean? So, fuck me. Um, That's another thing I've never done. I've been to a strip club. You've never been to a strip club, have you? No. And we we, we nearly did a few times. We keep saying, he's going, he's going, just never done it. But, yeah. On my 30th, 100%. Maybe. So, I've had actually really exciting, busy few weeks. And last weekend... Um, we was all at a strip club, so Whiskey Down in Manchester. Yeah, you mentioned that one. I yeah. Whiskey Down. Mm-hmm. Sick. And that was for our pre-wedding, kind of everyone who's part of the wedding party, who wanted to come along, who, who it's their thing, um, went to um, Whiskey Down and just had the Brilliant. best time. I would totally recommend. Yeah, I yeah. really want to do it. I love yeah. the setup in there as well. That that reminds me of like, it's almost got like a like a speakeasy vibe to it, which yeah, you know, yeah. and that's what I, I mm. really like it for that exact reason. Because I've been to, I know I look like that guy. I've been to a fair different type of strip clubs all over the UK. Mm. And like, every, <laughs> I'm not going to be sat doing Yelp reviews, do you know what I mean? You've taught, you've taught. I've, I've, yeah, I've, done, I've, done, I've done my seasons, but... Um, <laughs> By far, I've always preferred a more sort of uh, what 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 would I say the vibe is, sort of like dimly lit, um, not so like tacky looking on the inside. Because I've been to some of them where the, the building itself doesn't really represent the type of performers and stuff that I've been on, and I've been like this this isn't the right vibe. Yeah. And I used to work in a strip club as well at what in Manchester. I can't say the name of it because I'll probably get bollocks. I used to work on the bar for one that was near the gay village if you know which one i mean mm. um and when i worked there the owner of that was making it way more seedy for the performers that he needed to have on and mm-hmm. i hated it for that reason so when i did go to other towns and went to strip clubs in those other towns i was always looking for that sort of whiskey down-esque yeah venue with those sorts of performers so yeah like in my opinion i think for a first place for you to go to whiskey down go in there. probably yeah. Okay. If you listen to this, maybe they'll sort us out. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they was dead nice with us when we went, sorted us out a booth and everything and mm. was really, really easy to navigate. I think, you know, for a lot of our friends who perhaps hadn't been before, mm. I think it was a really nice first experience. Mm. It was easy to understand as well because I think that's the other thing when you're neurodiverse, there's a risk, isn't there, of accidentally getting something wrong and not wanting to kind yes. of 100%. accidentally yeah. do something that you're like, oh my gosh, I've disrespected and yeah, you yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There is. It's, I feel like that there is probably a lot of rules to it, but until you go into these environments and experience it, you don't know what they are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first stepping into it, like that's why I've always said that if I'm going to do it, I'm doing it with you. Yeah. yeah. You've been before, you know what you're doing. Yeah. We'll know what to do and say. Like, well, there's some really nice um, resources made by sex workers as well. So before we went, I got um, some of the resources and sent them round to everyone in the group and made sure they read them. So we was going in well informed, mm. and cool. no one 
was showing mm. me up because I was like, there's oh, no way I'm going. <laughs> You're all showing me up. So, no, but they wouldn't anyway. They're gorgeous. But, yeah, um, yeah really, like, easy to read um, kind of sex worker creative There's a few TikTok, uh, TikTokers who work in strip clubs as well that I've noticed that have done, like, eff- like videos on the ethics yeah. of, like, going to mm. what you should do before. If you're there, that, and, and at some point I'll, um, I'll I'll find out who those are. Because I've watched a few just scrolling through TikTok, like, yeah, yeah. all right, yeah, that's good to know. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's good to know that people are watching that as well because it's, like I say, it's, it's the actual people working in those venues saying yeah. this is what we expect. Mm, Which is, you, yeah. you're not getting it from anyone else. You're not getting it from some fucking CD owner. You're not getting it from some bouncer who's on the door. You're getting it from them. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah what matters. So you incorporate kink into your burlesque and you've mentioned that. How did you get started in kink, if you don't mind us asking? Yeah, so kink came, my introduction to kink came hand in hand with my introduction to ethical non-monogamy. So they kind of... Yeah, it happened at the same time, which mm. I think I, as I came more into the world, I realised that was quite a similar experience for quite a lot of people, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, either they were introduced to ethical non-monogamy and started to meet more like-minded people through kink parties or the other way around, yeah. they go to kink parties yeah. and yeah. then realise yeah. that people... In, and I say ethical non-monogamy because I guess that's a broader term. Mm-hmm. I'd identify as polyamorous, yeah. but I guess at the time when I first started to get into kink it would have been more E&M. yeah E&M, yeah, yeah yeah just kind of tentatively understanding a bit more about the world um and way way back then um i don't know what like sites we can say but there was like oh a, you can say whatever yeah. you want oh, can yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was fat life initially yeah, 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 yeah. way back mm-hmm. um <laughs> oh, give it a whoop whoop. It's, it's the only fucking thing we've got. Like, you know what I mean? Like, someone do it better, please. The fucking systems running like an on like a 2007 server machine somewhere. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's so we dial up internet. The police continue. If yeah. I shout and fucking get in your way, just say shut the fuck up, Jenny. No, no, no. Um, I was just, I was just kind of reminiscing back to what my experience of fet life was like, actually. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to cause any fucking trauma. Just use it. Just no, use it. No, not anymore. I've, I'm not saying I never would again. I think it's a tricky site to navigate. And That's I think a really good it's, point. it's hard to... I think it's hard not to get oversaturated, I think, with mm. um, sites like that. Mm. Um, and I think you can take a break from them and just not open them, but that's not the way in which I function. If I feel like there's messages that are unread, then I'll feel anxious to read them. And I yeah. think with yeah. any sites like that, I go through periods of time where if I've got more emotional capacity, I might reopen the app and kind of you know go on them a bit more Um but it is quite overwhelming. I think you need to have the the kind of space. Oh, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was my first kind of um, introduction to it. Um, and then we, so when I say we, me and my nesting partner, so primary partner, um, that that's the one who I'm marrying. We started to kind of um, explore more kind of kink parties and just meet more people, I guess, through that scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time that was more kind of like townhouse and just mm-hmm. some of the the ones that were a little bit further away from Manchester. Yeah, which was quite nice. Were you trying to avoid bumping into someone that you knew? No, it wasn't that. It was just because I guess at the time we didn't really know anything that was Manchester based. That's good yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. When did you? How many years ago was that? If you don't mind me asking. Probably about. We've trying to work this out but we stopped counting during the pandemic <laughs> so then we had a real kind of disparity between how many years we felt it was we think we've settled on about nine years ago so it was okay. way before a lot of the major major of like sort of things that are in manchester yeah. now or around the manchester area were sort of in place yeah. like say i started about 10 years ago I yeah think, i think it was like 
18, 19 when mm. I first started. Fet life then was even worse than it is now. From what I remember, it was like it was almost like it looked like the HTML code for MySpace. Yeah, it did. It yeah, was really? fucking yeah. shit. See, I went around there. It's no better. <laughs> no. It's, again, it's no better now, but like yeah, well, you know, it's, it's slightly improved. But yeah, that was way before that. And like you say, Townhouse has been established for a very, very long time, yeah, and I'd yeah. heard about it then. But I was shooting for events for someone else yeah. who I can't mention. So that's why I got introduced to it. Mm. So it's interesting that you say that. And like I say, I was always scared of going to ones in around the Manchester area for the same reason of like going to a swingers club and bumping into my fucking sister's mate. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I was like, yeah. oh shit, right, here we go. Well, the way I always view it is, and I don't know if this is a bit of a naive perspective, but if I bump into someone at these events, they're also at these events. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, no, yeah, rightly so. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. so I always think if I bump into someone, for example, from my kind of more vanilla work life, mm. then... Well, you're here too, yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good for you. Yeah, yeah, right, so, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah uh, exactly. If anything, yeah, it's more of a bonding experience. I get, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then you find out a lot about that person in a short space of time, don't so you? Fact, you've See had things. this experience yeah. at Crossbreed. Uh, yeah, yeah, some people from my work came to Crossbreed. And I knew they were doing it. I knew yeah, they were yeah. going to be there. But I don't even know how we'd got on the subject, but yeah. And then there's four people from my work. They don't actually work there anymore. Um so yeah, and one of them when they when they walked up to us at Crossbeards, we were we were what were we? A little Narcotically bit. enhanced, <laughs> just a little bit. And she cut the show, was she? And she came up to me and she just because I had my nipples out, like, and then she was just staring at them and she just went nipples. <laughs> So I'm not seeing these before, and I was like, "Well, there's a reason." Yeah, not whipping <laughs> them out, them out at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny seeing that crossover happen, and some of the events like this riot party one is a, another example of where I do feel like it, it's going to attract a different type of person, which is a great thing because it's opening it up to like like this person I just spoke about then had never really been to that kind of event before, mm. stepped into the world and now they love it. And then yeah. they were at the yeah. social the other day for, for Riot Party because they're like, yeah, this is my thing now. Yeah. It's like a really great introduction into that kind of scene and then you could maybe take it further and go to something that's just not so much a party event, more of just like a, a play event, right? Mm. And get a bit more serious with it, I guess. I think it's nice to have that mix though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so me and my friends were saying that I guess that even those of us that love play parties and the kink scene, you just never know whether you're going to be in the mood to play. And there's that's, something yeah, quite kind of pressured, isn't there, about going to a party that it is just a play party yeah. mm-hmm. because you just don't know what you're going to feel like. And then you might just end up the kind of voyeuristic stood at the corner, kind of, you know, have it sipping your drink, which is awkward. Whereas like the... I think it's awkward, but um, I think it some of the <laughs> whereas I think some of the kind of other um, kind of newer um, parties where there's the element of the rave and then the play party is yeah. sort of incorporated, yes. mm. you can just settle in a bit more to it. Do what you, you want when yeah. you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. there's absolutely no pressure. Yeah. it's a very different environment, isn't it's it? It's freeing. Yeah. It's freeing mm. as well because obviously anyone like the people who listen to this podcast have heard me rave on about like the ethics and like the super serious people when it comes to kink and kink parties and yeah. kink spaces. And like, there is nothing more off putting to me than somebody who's there and claims to be super kinky and not into all this stuff, but then doesn't do anything remotely sexual or anything like that in those spaces, but expects like, for example, me and Lan to be the show ponies. 
Mm. And then when when I'm in that space, I'm like, you're only going to be watching me, so I don't, I'm not, I'm not stimulated by this. I'm not mm. titillated by the notion of doing what's going to happen. And then we have to find a new way of like getting around that. So in those spaces, like for example, Crossbreed, where it was just happening all over that fucking place, place, I was mm. like, this is great. This is exactly what I want. Yeah. And I've just spent an hour dancing. I'm in a good mood. The vibe's different. Yeah. That's exactly what I wanted. And I'm hoping more for the same for Brighter Party because as much as I enjoy the play, I enjoy that part of the side of it as well, like yeah, just yeah. enjoying the party with this like-minded people surrounding me, do you know what I mean? So when you first started on the kink scene, is your current primary partner now the first person that you played with? Yeah, they will have been. Um, because I'd started to date a girl at that time and I think it also kind of crossed over with me understanding a bit more about my queerness. So there yes. was a crossover. So yeah, I think... Yeah, it was um, me and my primary partner initially, and then there was cross crossover then with kind of exploring ethical non-monogamy. So did, when uh, that was what I was going to ask you then, with your primary partner, were they already interested in EMM? You met them and they introduced you to it, and you thought that that's maybe something that I want to explore. No, or had you already considered it? No, no. So we are childhood sweethearts. So we've oh. been together since I was sixteen, and they was. Um, 18 at the time so we've grown up together emotionally oh, matured so together yeah, yeah. you know your kind of sexual development is really kind of um throughout your teenage years and mm. your, your early 20s isn't it and then kind of onwards from from there um, <laughs> so our formative like sexual exploration years were together so right. we was talking about this actually because we're getting married next week actually wow, so we amazing. was talking about like kind of you know trajectory of our relationship and how things mm. have changed so much and I think for us we started off monogamous purely by default because the relationship escalator would suggest that you meet somebody you know you kind of in a very hetero mononormative way that you then stay together you're monogamous mm-hmm. and then you escalate up in in the respects of kind of you know getting engaged and married and then having children mm-hmm. and I think for us our queerness so we're both queer our kind of understanding of our queerness made us think about our relationship very differently that this doesn't fit being monogamous didn't feel like us and it never had but we hadn't realized that because we didn't have the language to put to mm. it we just knew that compared to our other kind of experiences of very kind of hetero mononormative relationships that we'd never been like that. We'd always talked very openly about the people that we fancied and that never sparked anything other than excitement for us. So discussing ethical non-monogamy for us was a really open conversation and it happened because I realised that I... You've got a ghost. I realised... Clearly the ghost is into (laughs) E&M as well. (laughs) From that we're just not going to discuss it <laughs> right we get it like if yeah. you want to be involved just like you know just ask for consent essentially joins a fourth chair um, <laughs> um so yeah the, that was a conversation about kind of queer identities and wanting to explore queerness and yeah went from there really and, and over the years as, as um obviously turned into to polyamory yeah felt much more secure with that label and, and yeah. what that mm. brings for us mm-hmm. and it's 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 lovely to hear that it's been sort of like a natural progression for you guys mm. as well in the healthiest sense as well like nobody forced it on anyone else it's something you both was very clearly into mm. yeah yeah and like do you both have multiple play partners now and is that something that you do or do you have like partners that you don't play with and that you're just in a relationship with how does it work in that sort of respect yeah so how it works for us how our kind of um 
relationship structure is, is that we're each other's um, nesting partners and we live together and are financially bonded. And then we both have other partners. So we, we would call them part like they are our partners, yeah. um, kind of romantically, sexually. Um, in terms of the kind of kink stuff, it's a real mixture. So I do have some partners who aren't necessarily into play um, kind of going to play events yeah. necessarily um, so that just isn't part of their world and that's absolutely fine yeah. so I love having my space with those people um, and then the kind of play party is a real mixture so um, sometimes my primary partner will come along sometimes they'll just not have the spoons or emotional capacity to come along to that and I might go along to that with some of my friends Mm -hmm. and this is where I think queer culture is wonderful because most of my friends have seen me naked and not really because of sexual reasons it's either because we've been at a play party together or they've seen me at burlesque or something else like this yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's such a good point isn't it like Mm -hmm. like, so many of your friends like like, I have no sexual feelings towards I've seen my penis yeah, mm. <laughs> platonically seen your penis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, how are you doing, Jake? Do you want an iron, bro? <laughs> but it is so normal, and that's awesome because yeah. to a lot of people that would not be normal. I forget that it? though. Genuinely, I forget mm, that though. Like, I do because I, yeah. I took a break from the kink scene before meeting Land for a, about a, a year, year and a half, yeah. and there was this like there was this notion in my head that like there was so much that like slipped out of place there that was so normal to me, and then I remember like. It, it, it honestly, it was like something scratching at the back of my head. I was like, "This is not who I am." Do you mm. know what I mean? It was a part of my identity that I was denying, and I was like, "I am into this stuff, but I'm with a vanilla partner who's not even entertaining the idea of doing this mm. in a consensual, happy way." Yeah. And then you know that separated, and then in that space in between, I was like, "I'm never going back to a place where I can't just be naked in front of my friends on a <laughs> yeah. Tuesday." Yeah. Well, <laughs> just a Tuesday. Never. Yeah, never no, it's always a Tuesday. It's always a bit of spanking on a Tuesday. Someone's getting tied up. <laughs> Uh, I've got a drill down. <laughs> but no, yeah, like it's a, it's such a good point that, and I always forget that, like on the outside world, that like you know people, even probably people who listen to this podcast as well, like they're like, I'm fucking mad. I'd never want my mate to see me naked. So yeah. one of my best friends, I'm sure she won't mind me using this term, but she always uses the term queerdos. She's like, that's <laughs> defines us. That's who we are. Because outside of like our friendship groups. I guess in the more kind of vanilla, kind of, you know, normative world, that would be wild to them. So even just Mm -hmm. the tip of the iceberg of not even getting into what we get up to is wild to some people, isn't it? And they're like, oh Oh, my God, you do that? And it's like, oh, like we've not even got into what we do. That's like a little tiny bit of what we do. (laughs) But you've got to drip feed it. You can't jump in with like, as I said, like if I explain some of the stuff to like my, like my, a lot of my male friends specifically are very vanilla, right? Mm. And they always ask me about like how sex works and all that sort of thing. How sex works? I don't think they ask you that. No, don't know like in the way that like like, I've described on like the things I like to do sexually. How sex works. And when when I've had those conversations with them in the past, the, the look of shock on the face it's like they're watching a car crash genuinely and I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not even describing it. i'm like and I've, as you just said that i'm going i'm not that's the tip of the iceberg like yeah. i'm not even getting into like yeah you know what mm-hmm. what was that submission we had the other week someone dressed up as a pony covered in slime getting off oh the kinky confession yes yeah, that, I was, yeah. That was, that was, i was like they were having pony a fucking girl time outfit or something wasn't pony it girl outfit. Gunged, getting gunged, covered, in, covered in gunge getting themselves off uh-huh. again yeah, normal so fa- <laughs> i was like the first thing in my head fucking go on yeah. like you know what i mean mm-hmm. i hope he was in a cupboard 
<laughs> contains the guns, doesn't it? Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, okay. you know I mean? yeah, yeah, a little bit more mess. <laughs> see, I was adding that, but no, yeah, my mate's like that, like in the, in the vanilla sense, and like it genuinely, like, it's it's refreshing when you like. For example, I know a lot of people who are at the right party social are definitely like-minded individuals. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even have to speak to them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Queerdos is such a great... Yeah, like, I love such that. A great, that might yeah. be the name of the episode, to be fair. That's like, that's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, yeah. But, like, that's such a good way of putting it as well because, like, outside of that realm, I think it's... Th- this is where, like, the crossover starts to happen as well, though. It's curiosity. Like, they say curiosity killed the cat, but in our world, it's curiosity that gets you spanked in it. So it's like your friends that have spoke to you quite openly about that, I assume they've also then asked about how would I go about doing such and such a thing? Has yeah. that happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah. I guess because I think that's the thing, like you become in an echo chamber, don't you? So like my world is so queer and, you know, kinky and kind of, you know, burlesque and, mm-hmm. and pole kind of stuff, performance stuff, that that to me is just normal. And yeah. I forget that that's not everyone else's yeah. normal. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. to me, when it's like, you know, we saw you guys at um, the Riot Social and then I was at Sexquisite and then been at a strip club and it's just like, when people ask me at work, at my vanilla job, kind of, what did you do on the weekend? Oh, yeah. I have to do a, <laughs> what can I tell you I've done this weekend? You, you sound, so I have this problem and I sound boring because I have to just go, oh, not much really. Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell them what I have done. <laughs> so they must think I sit home all weekend and do nothing, but that's definitely not what happened. But if you did tell them, they'd be like, whoa. Yeah. So I do the opposite. I look shifty as fuck yeah. when people ask me because I can't, I can't process quick enough that lavender, yeah. you can't actually say what you actually have done this weekend. So I do a, I'm taking way too long to answer this question. Um, I went to th- this event and then they'll be like, oh, what event? And I'll go, a queer event? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you started like, now. And then you have to keep I, explaining though, don't you? Because they're oh, like, what are you yeah, we're done at that point. And at this queer event, someone tied me to the roof. <laughs> <laughs> what? Then you get like flashbacks and then you're like all flustered and then you're like, mm. anyway, what have you done? Yeah. Are you having a mocker? You're wild, you. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of <laughs> I don't even want to segue away from that straight away. That's funny as fuck. Because obviously I'm in comedy as well outside of this, so like they're all fucking freaks and geeks. Do you know what I mean? It's it's all the same. So like, if I say anything that I've done in the kink world on stage doing comedy, no one gives a fuck. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Even in my job that's like security, which is like my nilla job, do you know what I mean? Like, they're all fucking worse than me in some aspects. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I feel like if any of my friends, like if I took them to an event and they did that, that experience or whatever, they, they've got that conversation coming and I, I can picture just off the top of my head. We'll, we'll say T, T and C, my, my best friend. Okay. Yeah. Can you imagine that that he's super awkward guy, but funny in the sense of whatever. <laughs> he works in banking. Imagine if I took Finance him to an event guy. and like, it, and then on the weekend he comes back and whatever, and then he's in the office first thing in the morning, nine o'clock. Oh, he'd just go red. Um, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. said what did you do this weekend he'd just go around oh yeah 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 and he'd scurry <laughs> off he'd like do his, do his tie up and he'd just be like I just need to go to the toilet <laughs> so I've got something I want to explore a little bit more so you mentioned it then about when you joined this world in general and you started then exploring your queer side and all of it kind of developed 
it's a really interesting kind of point because I, as so many people that I see, and I know this happened for myself, which was I was introduced into one thing and then all of these things followed because it just naturally mm. happened. So I started doing more open relationshipy kind of things, ENM. And then I was just like, maybe I'm a little bit queer because I've just had this experience with a girl and that was interesting. And now I need to work out how I feel about that and what I want to do with it. And I feel like it, you can't put any of these things into just like one neat category, like I'm into kink and that's mm. it. Mm. I don't think that ever exists, does it? Like, And it's the same with when we've had like people, when we had the um, the couple from Townhouse, which were swingers, and yeah, yeah. there was a lot of talk there about there's such a crossover between these two things. Like everything has a massive crossover and you're never just one of these things. And I feel like the the queer space in Manchester and what's going on at the moment, even that, it's like that's a, a space that's uh, specifically designed for queer people. But then, like, there's a kink, kink element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's performers that are doing burlesque there. And, like, it's all a bit of everything. Yeah. And I just think that's amazing because people from the outside looking in don't expect all of that, I don't think, to mm. all be in one, in one place. Yeah. 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 Mm. It's nice to have that, I think, mix of, of everything because it brings in, like you said, different people from other areas that wouldn't necessarily have the confidence to go to a play party, but they would go and see a performance and then they can right? stick yeah. around and, well, just, you know, see out of curiosity mm-hmm. um, kind of what's what's going on. Mm. I think it was interesting what you just said, though, because when like I first was introduced into the kink scene, I was a very, very different person than I am now. And I think there's been a lot yeah. of kind of, you know, personal development yeah. and curiosity yeah. about yeah. what that means for me. Because mm-hmm. I did know I was queer at that point, but it was like very embryonic. It was just kind of like, I'm not really sure what that mm. means, mm. what that like look like, looks like for me. Um, and at the time, I would have identified as more, I guess, of a dom when I first entered in. And now I look back and reflect and think, oh, that was actually probably more of a protective thing to be to feel more kind of, you know, in control of, of the experience. Yeah. Mm. But a very naive kind of view of it, because as I've gone along and obviously read more and learnt more about kind of the, the kink scene, it fit more for me to be more kind of submissive. Mm. And I had to learn what that meant and why that was something that I struggled to hold on to at the very beginning mm. because I was so adamant that that definitely was not my identity, that that wasn't something that interested me and then realised, oh, no, that really is something that interests me. Mm. And it just came came out kind of quite, I don't know, alongside kind of going through some therapy as well. So I think there was a lot of interesting crossovers. It's a really good with, point. Like yeah. for yeah. me, yeah. Mm. That that defensive element that you talk about, yeah. there, that's, that's, that's I've noticed as well, like um, from the female side of things, and I've, I've spoke to a lot of dominatrix professionals in the past and stuff like that. They say that they started in the same sort of mindset before all the therapy, before all the work and stuff like that, in that because it was a defensive way. It was the sword and shield to put away. Like I'm going to yeah. be in this space, but I'm going to be fully in control of the situation with no... Yeah. ways around that and stuff like that and i find that like you, you doing the work and not like they say nine years of you doing what you've been doing yeah is such a massive amount of personal development mm-hmm. and then you saying that oh actually no i want to explore this i want to do yeah. this more and then that's i think we've we have like healthy conversation on this podcast and stuff like that about it but like people who have been in the kink scene much longer than us mm-hmm. and stuff like that haven't yet had those conversations so it's crazy in it that like you've done all that work got to that point and you're like now 
actually, now I'm comfy where I am now and like, I can explore this and explore that. I think you have to, though, you don't do for you? For sure, yeah, yes. for sure. Because, mm-hmm. like, even when we was talking then, I was thinking how naive it was to think that being a dom was the position of control because it's absolutely not. It, you know, right, everybody yeah, yeah. who enters into the play scene has their own control over what mm-hmm. they consent to, exactly. where the boundaries are, mm. when they might tap out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, me and my primary partner and anyone I've played with from the very beginning have had those boundaries in place and consensual conversations it was absolutely more about me getting my head around what that meant and I think as well as quite a feminine presenting woman I think there was lots that came along with it that I felt quite vulnerable being submissive and what that meant about my queer identity and presenting as femme and then presenting as submissive. Now I'm fully all into it. Mm -hmm. I'm like Mm. pink, baby girl, glitter, (laughs) light up, like, you know, everything. You own that identity, don't you? And that's the best thing. Like, if that's how you want to be, you do that. Yeah. And and people will view you how they're going to view you. No and I lean what, right? into it now. Yeah, now I'm 100%. like, I feel so authentically myself more than I ever, ever have. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It feel, yeah, feels really comfortable now. What would you say your kinks are, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. So now, currently, these might change. So I would not <laughs> like to be held to these. Yeah. Um, but probably um, at the moment, more DDLG um, and kind of baby girl dynamics has been um the my favorite and some kind of cnc stuff as well mm. um that changes that depends some, yeah. sometimes more more than other times i guess um that's been like the main at the minute do you want to we've not had anyone on who's been into the sort of ddlg stuff do you want mm-hmm. to briefly explain to the audience your representation of what that is yeah, so for, so the kind of acronym um, stands for Daddy Dom, Little Girl. Um, so I guess the dynamic would be that somebody would be kind of in more of a Dom kind of caring daddy role. Uh, and I would say regardless of gender, I've definitely had Daddy Doms that have not identified as male, mm. but it's been in, you know, it's it's a... A, a vibe, I guess. So for sure. Um, and then kind of, you know, little girl, um, that would be me in the dynamic. So I guess in a safe way, being able to be vulnerable. Um, I, for me, I've spoken about this quite a lot with my friends and we have these conversations and it, this is a little bit deep, but I think for me, it's been quite a healing experience. So mm. more of like a, in a really consensual, gorgeous, romantic and um, playful way, a reparenting experience. So having someone who's really kind of safe and able to take care and talk about boundaries and uh you know, kind of consent, um, just having a really kind of playful, lovely time, mm. really nice, nice experiences. Um, and I think as part of that dynamic as well, um, I really like extending that wider than the play. So it'll be part of like romantic relationships and just feeling taken care of, but in mm. a way that I can hold on to my own sense of self as well. And like, I don't need somebody to do that for me. I can absolutely take care yeah, of myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's actually a privilege that I'm allowing you and feel safe enough with you to mm. be in this role. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that comes with time. That's For me, that's not just meeting someone at a play party and being like, oh, 100%. you know, yeah, we'll, yeah. can we do yeah, DDLG? Yeah. That's, that would not work for yeah, me. Yeah. I think it wouldn't work for most people. Yeah, no, because it, it is a nurturing and yeah. a safe environment. That's yeah. the whole point behind it, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does that extend to sexual play as well within mm. that? Yeah. 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 
So it, it does. does involve that element of it. It's not just the exploring the inner child sort of element of it. It does extend to the sexual side of it as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's them kind of, you know, trigger words of like good girl and like, you know, just kind of yeah, being yeah, yeah. really cute and like holding someone's face and just be, you know, like all of the elements that you yeah, think yeah. of as like really looking after somebody and mm. really taking care of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like calling, saying good girl is a, is a cheat code for pretty much anything really, isn't it? Jamie, bear that one in mind, mate. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm telling you. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to give you the trick, but, mate. But, <laughs> it pays off. It's two words, and I swear, mate. It, you, I think you'd find it hard to find somebody who didn't like that, in honesty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even crazy. just in a very traditional, subby dynamic, like, you yeah. you fucking love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But it wouldn't be in the DGLG kind of sense. Mm. It's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I'm doing You're doing a good, good job. job. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not for everyone, but uh, yeah. a lot of people do, do that. Yeah. Like, I yeah, say it to myself in the mirror sometimes. I'm like, you're a good girl. Yeah. Yeah. You know when I'm brushing my teeth on time. <laughs> yeah. Positive affirmations. <laughs> That's all it is. That's yeah. all it is. I'm just empowering myself yeah. via my own reflection. There's yeah. nothing Patrick Bateman near about that. <laughs> just not just skim right over it. Like. <laughs> Do you remember a time or can you name the funniest thing or the fondest memory you've had on stage when you've been performing? Fondest memory was um my was recently actually, so it was my Balesque Mama's thirtieth birthday and we did a birthday special for um, her at the Fitzgerald she's our, our mama bun that's the name um, that okay. we, we call her so we're all her like little bunlings so all of her little <laughs> bunnies all did like a little segment of like a stripper style kind of lap dance for her and we what? did it as a surprise she didn't know so we all just came on stage and we was like grinding on her and like shaking our ass in front of her face and the video to watch back she just looks so happy and like She's got all these gorgeous, gorgeous people um, dancing around her. So that was really, really lovely. I was going to say, I, really I can't nice. imagine people frowning at that, oh, like getting, no. getting a lap dance yeah. from a, a room full experience. of gorgeous people. Like, yeah. Yeah, you mm. fucking hell, like, Jesus Christ. I think because we coordinated it so well as well. And we managed to keep it a surprise. Or at least I think we did. She didn't say otherwise. Um, <laughs> she could have been pretending. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that was, that was my fondest memory. Um... Do you know what I think? I was talking about this before in my primary partner and I was like, I knew you was going to ask this. I was like, they're going to ask me something about like what's awkward that's happened. I was like, and I don't know. And they were like, no, you'll think of something, there's something. And then I was reflecting on it and I was like, do you know what I think it is? I think there have been embarrassing things that have happened because embarrassing things happen all oh, the yeah. time during sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, like you fart or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's happened. But I've always been with people who... Are so gorgeous and lovely that it's just not felt like really very embarrassing. embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I completely yeah. get it. The only kind of thing that me and my friend was reflecting on was when we both first went to a play party that we'd not been to before, so we didn't know what to expect. Mm. Um, and it was all a very open plan situation, so there was no kind of, you know, like little cute corners that you could kind of yeah, move yeah. into and stuff like that and we wasn't this was years ago so we wasn't um really knowing what to expect um, and I was on a period at the time so I was absolutely famous last words adamant that I was only going just because we'd already paid for the ticket and we'd got a hotel and everything like that definitely famous so last words just go in because you know we might as well and we'll have a few drinks and it'll be dead nice and there was a burlesque performer at that as well so it was a bit of a two-part night yes. um and obviously that's not what happened I ended up getting fully involved in that situation um, because there was a gorgeous person who kept walking past me and being like, are you are you going to come in? 
Are you, yeah, you're yeah. going to come in at you? And I was like, oh, no, I won't. I shan't. <laughs> I shan't. <laughs> and then I did. And then my friend was kind of like, well, I just had to dive in at that point, didn't I? Because I'm not just going to stand Never leave him on behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so then that, that was kind of one of the first times that we just kind of was like, we both was just having sex next to each other. Like... Mm. Like it was just really normal, and obviously mm-hmm. now it is just really normal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that first experience is always like, whoa, I can't believe that's just happening, or yeah. that's happening right mm-hmm. now. Even yeah. in the moment, yeah. you're thinking about it, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Mainly because then... we was like, this is definitely just going to be a cute night, and we're going to go home and be sensible. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's yeah, not how it ended up. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds for the best for me though. Like yeah. it, clearly that They're was the best yeah. nights, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like boom, yeah. gone. You're mm-hmm. in, and then you wake up the next morning, and you're like, well, that worked out in my favour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You're going with a plan never goes to plan. Yeah. yeah and it's of never as exciting, no, yeah. is it, when no. you've got the plan? Right? Are we gonna play our game now? Lavender. This is gonna be you're gonna be the first guinea pig for this. Okay. Right. It could go to <laughs> shit. It could go to shit. It could be great. I've got a feeling it's gonna be great. I'm good at making games up. Okay. You forget this. Right. I mean, you've just took a, a traditional game and put a spin yeah, on I've it, not and made then it I named it. <laughs> it wasn't all mine. Do you want to give you grand reveal? No, yeah, yeah. So, the, so the game is called Sounds Kinky. I'm in. <laughs> I was expecting a bigger reaction than that. Woo! <laughs> Come on, woo! Jamie, put some fireworks behind that, mate. <laughs> so it's no, been... I, I smiled as you said it. You just can't see my face. Yeah, I was like... no, I did. I saw. I like it. Yeah. Um, so it's basically articulate, but it's kinky version. Yeah, but we realise I don't know what the fuck articulate no, is. No, you don't. You've never played it. No. So I can't believe neither of you know this game. It's a classic game. It's actually one of my favourite games. So you get a word, and you have to describe that word to okay. the other people without saying what it is. Right. So everything, yeah. uh, everything other than about the word it, that's on the piece of paper in front of you. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. what we're going to do, we're going to give each person a minute and you've got to read out, well, say as many things as you can within that minute. The other people are guessing it. Cool. Okay. okay? You only get one pass. So if we can't so if you guess get it or you don't know what it like... is, you can pass it, but right, only okay. once within that's that important. minute. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Who wants to go first? Uh, I feel like since Lavender's the guinea pig, right? <gasps> and you want to go first? I have to go first. Right, okay, yeah, go on. <laughs> so... Of course, it's in a Tesco sandwich bag as yeah. well, in true land fashion. Right. Sandwich bag, right. So are we Queen ready? I'm going to start the minute now. Fluid. Um, playful. Come. Mm. Piss. Semen. Link into that. Water sports. Squirt. Yes. Yay. Oh. Next one. Fuck. Oh, do you have to keep going? Yeah, yeah, go Okay, wait, wait. Mechanical. Um, uh, drill down. Mm, sort mm, of, vibrator. kind of, um, probably a bit bigger. Rabbit. Um, no, rabbit. could be on your own. Could be solo. One. Um, no. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's too expensive. We probably all wouldn't Foot have machine. one. Yes. Oh, yeah. fucking hell! Well that, that was it. That was it. Oh, that's a fucking good one. That. <laughs> you. Oh, you got three seconds left. Three oh, seconds. there's no way. <laughs> Two uh, points to lavender. That was. That was impressive. It's hard. It's big pressure, yeah. Two points. That you knew from it's too expensive. Fuck machine. Yeah, they are. I'm sure we'd all like one, right? <laughs> Fucking hell, like. Have yeah. you used one? I haven't, no. There was one at a play party, but it was, uh, as you can imagine, 
occupied. Yeah. And I feel like I, I just get a bit awkward about queuing up for things. I'm like, if it happens to be If free, there's one thing you don't then... queue up for, it's a fuck machine. Mm. Out of all the things, I don't want to be that guy. Do you know what I mean? Stood but like, there watching. Yeah, it's that like, thing, like, it's not, yeah. we're not in Tesco. Do you know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> I don't know what it is about it, though. Obviously, you put a condom on it, but I just don't know whether I'd be comfortable with the idea sure. of using yeah. it. Mm. Even with a condom on, I don't know. It's just yeah, a bit... Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Get the get the yeah. answer. I have out. I have used one which was somebody I knew had their own yeah. and it was brand new at the time, so nobody else had used it, I know that for sure. Mm. Um but it was just not really for me because I'm not like I don't get them sensations from penetration yeah. alone yeah, anyway. So same. it was a bit like, yeah. eh, well it's all right, they're it's going in, like, but they're usually for squirters, to be honest. Yeah. It's like a squirt machine. Like, yeah, a little you, bit. It's Wish for, I could do gar- that. almost guaranteed. Right. right. You next on me. Rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, go. Alright, you. <laughs> You're gonna have to do the timer then. Right, all right. Three, two, one, go. Okay. Okay. So you might like cover your eyes and cover your ears. Um, Sensory so, play. Yeah, but there's another word Sensory for it. Deprivation. What are you taking? Yes. Oh, Woohoo! Well <laughs> Fucking hell. God, these ramblers. Um, so it's like you're being mean to somebody and making them feel worthless. Humiliation. I don't know word for it. Yes. Oh, oh come on. I'm, I'm, I'm basically on the same path. Here. Okay. Jake loves this an awful lot. It's you use your tongue. Rimming. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fucking love a good rimming on a Tuesday. Oh, okay. Um, this is a word that might, not everyone might know, um, but it's like um, rubbing... I think that's what it is. Rubbing... Scissoring. F- yeah, but the other word for it. Like rubbing female genitalia together. A good time. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's got word. another word. Oh, this is going to be my downfall. Oh, you got five seconds. Uh, 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 I, I, I can't even say the letter that it begins magic with. Magic lady sex. It comes... Oh. oh <laughs> Tribbing. Oh. Tribbing. Who oh, the fuck is going to know that? that? It's just yeah. scissoring. Oh, okay. That's well, that's the that's. The... I've learned something new though. I did not know there was another term for it. Tribbing. Tribbing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just like with scissoring. It's, Tri- it's it is it's scissoring basically. Tribbing. I think it might be a little bit different in the sense of it's more rubbing on the leg than the. Oh, so you rubbing vagina, you're rubbing maybe? like clit oh, against leg. Okay. I think so. Yeah, because scissoring's like pussy on pussy, right? Yeah, it's not practical though, is it really? I'm, I'm doing no. for the audience benefit. I'm doing a diagram on <laughs> the hands here. And also, what it depends is. if you match up in height. Because yeah. I'm only tiny. Oh yeah. I barely mm-hmm. match up with anyone's height, so I'd question how pleasurable. You might have to meet our unicorn at some point. Are they tiny? Yeah. yeah. Tiny, tiny. Yeah, yeah I need to... Ma- this is the thing. I need to match them <laughs> with tiny the same problem because I've always been with people that are smaller, so yeah. I'm never the right height yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. Scissoring's historically never worked for I don't, me, have, I don't have the tools to... Maybe it, tribbing, which is... I think I do think I might be right there. It's more the rubbing on like the leg or something rather than directly. Yeah. But I think that's what it is, which I have done. And it kind I think of works, someone's but... going to message in and give us a very factual description. I would love that. Please please tell us exactly what... Sorry, you're all wrong. This is actually This is actually... I mean, we, could, we, we could just Google it, but hey. Shout out to all right. the trippers out there. Jake, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So freeze the number to be. Okay, go. You do this and then suspend someone. Um, you can do Rope it. To, suspension. Yeah, that's the one. You use the word suspend. Oh, yeah. That Not is, having yeah. that. Oh, come on. I suppose, yeah. How the fuck? Oh, right. Uh, you do this as prep if you're going in the back door. Uh, Douching. Douching. D- there's like a thing though, there's like a, uh, uh, there's something you can get, like a medical way of doing it. Enema. That's the one. Hey. Hey. Uh, all right. Um, you put someone in it, even if they've been good or bad, it's in a space, it's made out of metal. 
cage. That's the one. Is it been good or bad? <laughs> you just put um, it. It goes in your butt, but it's it's a not, butt plug. No, it's not a plug. It's, it's there's multiple of them. You can pull them in and out. Uh, beads, anal beads. That's the one. I'm fucking smashing this. <laughs> Five seconds. Uh, um, it's uh, lavender. Does it? The last. Yay! Yay! What one to end on? Yay. How many? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, well, how many did you get then? You Five. didn't get one. Fuck off! We're not, not having, we're not having rope suspension when he says you you do this and you suspend. How someone. the fuck? All right. <laughs> Describe that without describing it. Um, you, you use a material and you raise somebody off in the air or something. All right. Fuck I don't off. know. Right, you can have it then. <laughs> you still won though. You got four. Well done. Hey. hey. So that was the first ever version of Sounds Kinky. I'm in. I think that went really well. Loved it. I didn't have any doubt in my mind. You can't. There's no. There's no recorded evidence to say that I doubted that that was going to go badly. He definitely did. He didn't trust me, but I just thought I'd add a game in there to mix things up. I never doubted you. I doubted myself. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then we're going to end the episode, as we always do, on kinky confessions. So this is when we get people to write. Have you heard these before, Lavender? I've heard some of them. Some of them. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're now going to be someone's agony aunt, essentially. Mm -hmm. Okay. Love that. Yeah. So it's either either a confession, a story, or they want some advice from us. So they're all a little bit different. We've got two of them today. Um, Obviously, I've seen it and. I had to write, write them all in this document. Jake hasn't, so it's a blind reaction and it is from you as well. So, um, story one is, Hi, Lenny and Jake. I love the podcast and thought I could write in with this for Kinky Confessions. I love my boyfriend, probably the best relationship I've ever been in. The problem is he sucks at sex. Ooh. He has no idea what he's doing, but he's so confident I feel bad for trying to correct him. I fantasise about what my ex did to me while I'm having sex with my current boyfriend. What should I do about this? I can't be diplomatic about it. No, never is. He'll uh, always give an honest answer. I'm, I'm a bit of a fucking firebrand when it comes to this stuff. But my first immediate point there is the, the love situation in the relationship. What's going on there uh, is that this person doesn't think that they can have the conversation with their partner about their sexual ability. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is already a big, bad red flag. Just, they can't communicate is what... Yeah, yeah they yeah. can't communicate mm-hmm. that. But feels bad for not being able to. Mm. So happy to just put up with it. But then fantasises about what was previously an offer. Deal, is it? Not good. <laughs> not good. Any oh, input, Lavender? Yeah, I, I disagree. I disagree. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I think that we all fa- have fantasies that yeah. we wouldn't necessarily act on because um, that's what a fantasy is. Sometimes the reality of them just don't match up to, the, to what we thought they were and sometimes they end up fucking brilliant. That's a fair point. Um, yeah, so yeah. I just don't think that that's like indicative of someone being um, a bit sneaky or anything because they're having fantasies because we all romanticise our past. Mm. Everyone looks back on previous sexual experiences or romantic mm. experiences and look at it with like rose-tinted glasses. I think you're right about the communication side of things, but again, I can't help but feel like women are often raised to suck things up and just kind of go along with mm-hmm. the kind of lie yeah, back and think yeah. of England because nah. sex isn't for women to feel pleasure it's 100%. for a man to come and then it's the end of the yeah. sexual experience yeah. mm-hmm. um, I think that's something that I learned because I wouldn't have known how to um, kind of be more forthcoming unless I came into the kink world and of then course. it's all yeah. about consent and boundaries mm-hmm. I think you need to have a conversation you need or yep. or introduce introduce masturbation into your sex and then you can show your partner how one. to do it. That's a great one. Bring yeah. a wand in because a wand, no one else can navigate a wand. Even as a queer woman, I struggle to navigate a wand with someone else. So you can hand it to them and then they can 
show you how to do it. Mm -hmm. That's why when you go yeah. to Hogwarts, you get your own wand. No one's allowed to... <laughs> <laughs> interesting on that so some version of a sex toy that's going to get you off during the experience is yeah, a great yeah, way yeah. of going about it we do that uh, yeah we mm -hmm. definitely do um and it's probably the main way i come yeah. when we're having sex yeah. isn't it now um i've heard and it, this this gets thrown around a lot where a lot of men don't feel comfortable if it's a woman wanting to use a vibrator or whatever mm. Mm. um they don't feel comfortable with um that like they're not doing a good enough job or anything like that have you heard that before? I've yeah. told, like, in, in, so my, a lot of my vanilla friends have had this issue. Um, and I've said, in, in in a really, really nice way, grow up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. you wouldn't go to, if you, was a, if you was a builder, you wouldn't go with your tool belt and go, I'm not using my hammer today because I feel strong enough to put them in my wall myself. Yeah. Like, no, if mm -hmm. there's a one there, use it. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. and if it's something as well that someone's, well, one thing on that, um, you shouldn't use a wand too much because it can really desensitize you. Yeah, yeah. So, I found that, yeah. Personal yeah, 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 like, like, sure. Genuinely, like, the studies now that have even come forward and said this. Oh, like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it can, yeah. it can cause nerve damage, especially when you've, you've got, like, one of those plug-in, uh, what they call, doxies. Oh, that's what I've got, and I have found that I've become well, there, more there desensitized. There you go. Hey, well, I mean, yeah, no, yeah. Use it I'm no doctor, Phil, do you know what I mean? Once a month or once every two weeks. Restrict maximum, it and then also as well, like it, really? it brings the sensitivity back and it'll increase the stimulation. It really does. Yeah. Okay. You, you, yeah. like, I put myself on bands and you do as well. Sometimes yeah. if you like, you know, you can tell you're not sensitive right now. Yeah. Don't use any sex toy for a week. Right. Just use your hands. Find another then, way of getting yeah. off and there's always a way. Like I say, but yeah. mm -hmm. in, the, in this respect, yeah, I'd say get get, uh, get yourself a wand. Mm -hmm. Give that a go. Um, there's obviously some other things out there as well where you could maybe start introducing mutual masturbation so it's like an educational thing. Yeah. Where yeah. he can see the way that you like to touch yourself, and also he's getting a gratification out of it as well because it's like a shared thing. Yeah, yeah. I think I, love that. I've got two females in the room though, so it's like I'm fucking outnumbered here. You know yeah, I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. No, no, so you, you guys, right in that. you guys need to help in. I think no, I I like that. That's for mm. me something that I with new sexual partners I think is really helpful because you you, you don't just immediately match up, do you? You have to like, of course, yeah, yeah. figure yeah. out yeah. Help that dynamic. Yeah, I think the main thing with this person is they just need to have a little bit of courage to at one point say. Could we try something? And I know that yeah. I know that's hard to do. Yeah. 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 Like I would really, really struggle and have done in the past saying to a sexual partner, I don't like this. Can we try something else? Yeah. yeah. It yeah. takes a lot of guts, doesn't it? But that's what this person needs. You can make it sexy here. though, can't you? Like yeah. be vocal about what you want. So if you're in a dumb sub dynamic, like as a sub, you know, you could just kind of, I don't know, and put on your sexiest voice and be like, can you do it like this, Debbie? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's hot do this yeah. to and me. also yeah. gives the kind of power back to the person who's doing mm. it you're not making them feel like shit because it's not mm. about like shaming someone it's yeah, about got, yeah, yeah. letting them know that's like because really i've definitely had that before where someone's kind of moved me in a position on my hand because it wasn't quite right and i've never taken that as a shameful thing i'm like fucking good for you yeah, like yeah, you're showing yeah, me yeah, how yeah, you yeah, like yeah. pleasure that's great love that because mm -hmm. i know for next time now pulling all of different. the shame out of the situation yeah. is what's going to be the important thing you know, yeah. i think yeah. and the second that this person's partner feels like there's no shame attached to them learning something yeah, in it, yeah. then yeah win-win mm -hmm. but yeah. you know 
the rose tinted glasses situation with the X. I've got some issues with, but lavender's, more, like lavender's more enlightened I, than I, me. I do agree. I personally, <laughs> I agree with lavender, but I just feel like the way that they've written this is, I, I, it's like intentional. I will be having sex with my boyfriend and I'll purposely think about my ex because yeah. it'll get me off. That's the way it's written and I don't uh, really agree with that right, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay, right. We'll move on to the next one then. It's for her advice. I love it. <laughs> As always. Um... Okay, so um, I have had this consistent problem for a while now. I have multiple play partners and multiple poly partners. All of them say that my semen tastes bad. (laughs) (laughs) I have tried every method to change this, from pineapple juice to supplementing zinc and nothing has worked. What the fuck am I meant to do? If you can't give me any advice, then they can all just put up with my battery acid jizz. Jake, what do we do? Can you relate? <laughs> Mine just tastes all right. <laughs> it actually does. I will. I will test the size of that. Do you know what? Though? I'm really upset that the pineapple thing didn't work. Yeah, that's uh, the normal that's answer, your, isn't it? For how, for how long did they have pineapple for? Because mm. if you just downed a load of pineapple in one day, maybe and it's like do full, it. yeah, was you... it the pronouns he him? Well, not they, said. We'll say not they. Said. Um, yeah. So if they just like downed a load of pineapple, maybe they need a full pineapple diet. Yeah, like well, every single day. That's at our minimum suggestion: breakfast, dinner, tea, snacks, pineapple. Pineapple. Mm. Yeah, no, because it's pineapple. it's the. I don't know specifically how it works. Lavender, you're more enlightened than me. You might know this. Um, I know that citrus is what breaks the barrier. So it's anything citric. Oh, okay. So mango, uh, lemon, is that citric. Any of those sort of um, bright fruits, I think they call them. <laughs> but I think pineapple is the one that everyone's just heard of because yeah. it was all over mm. the internet as the yeah. fad thing. Oh my god, it's come taste like pineapple. Does cranberry juice have the same effect? Cra- no, cranberry juice is good for cleansing. That's a different That's thing. Cleansing your water yeah, works yeah, out, yeah. isn't it? Even mm-hmm. as a guy, like it's good for like looking after you in that respect. Mm-hmm. That fucking supplementing zinc as well. That's another. Uh, do you know Never what? I would have said that. I would have said yeah. like because tr- tr- zinc uh, really affects. It's it's a little pawn trick. This. Uh, it really affects the size and amount of a load that you can get out of a guy, but it also purifies it. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this person's obviously done a lot of fucking research, but the fact that they still got battery acid. Shit. The only other thing I could think to mention is your overall diet and what kind of food you're yeah. eating. Not Are they smoking? Yeah. That's so a big if one. you're unhealthy in general, you're eating junk food all yeah. the time. I know from previous partners I've been with, if they've ate unhealthy, you mm. freaking know about it when the gist comes <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. You know about it. I've even had moments like that with you where you've gone and I can tell you've eaten crap today. Oh, fuck off. Definitely. <laughs> Generally speaking, you have good gist. I will, I will honestly say that. Trademark that. Get that signed <laughs> off. But there's certain days where you just know, like it's been, ju- oh, we've been on a heavy night out on the next of morning. Course, Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, it's yeah, really yeah, obvious. Yeah. That I'm drinking that's like a sailor the night before. Obviously the next day I'm going to be dehydrated. Exactly. And it's, it's probably going you know, to burn your skin as well. So, so if you're, you're drinking a lot and you're eating crap and junk food and you smoke and you don't do any exercise, right. you're probably not helping the situation. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously yeah. we don't know this this person. No. Right. The first thing I'm going to say is hydration. Yeah. That's always uh-huh. key. If you're going to piss on someone, you're going to squirt on someone, or you're going to come on someone, make sure you're hydrated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said I'm not Dr. Phil, but I'm trying my best there. Um, let's, get more di- let's get more citrusy sort of stuff in the diet. Even if you're just having it as part of your snacky stuff, go to the gym, come back, have some of that, and then protein and whatever else, right? Um, <laughs> also, they work out. <laughs> also, this person has got a broad spectrum of people, a big testing pool, yeah, telling them yeah, that they true. have bad jizz. Mm-hmm. So thank fuck they've got a lot of communication going on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, but 
Let's not upset any more people with battery acid jizz. <laughs> Go to your doctor. Yeah, oh my God. Why I have you not was going to say that. Yeah. yeah. Like, because there might be a medical explanation for, because I guess our cum tells us a lot, doesn't it, about what's going on for 100%. us? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you tried everything else, you need a GP appointment. <laughs> that's, that's the best that genuinely that's is the best advice. logical answer yeah, not to scare you but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. please go okay. get checked out you should be doing anyway yeah we haven't got any sponsors yeah actually yet, that's so. a good point STIs. are they doing regular STI checks that's the other one yeah yeah like I can tell you from my experience of chlamydia I knew do you know what I mean mm. like mm-hmm. fucking hell that was not good <laughs> <laughs> that was battery acid Right, so that's last one. Good advice. Thanks very much for that. So do you want to promote some stuff now, Avinda? Have you got some things coming up, shows-wise? Yeah. Um, mm. So the next shows that we've got are a big showcase, an 80s-themed showcase at Siren Asylum on the 8th of July. So you can get tickets through the Siren Asylum website or just find them on Instagram or through my Instagram. And the 11th of August, there is a solo exhibition by Pigeon Photos called That's Different um, at the mm-hmm. Deaf Institute in Manchester. That's going to be amazing. That's one you mentioned the other day yeah. to me, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they're all going to be amazing. Um, I think the Deaf Institute one will be a mixture of performances. Um, I think from my understanding, some stalls and kind of art exhibitions and, and workshops. Right? I think so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it'll be a real real mix there. So I'll be performing at that solo mm-hmm. and a double act as well. So yeah. <laughs> we'll be there too, guys, if you want to come. <laughs> Perfect. And your Instagram handle, what's that? Yeah, so it's um Ms. As in MS, Lavender Menace. Perfect. We'll yeah. tag you in the bio yeah. of, the, of the episode as well so people can go check you out. Yeah. Thank you for, have, for coming on. Oh, thanks it's been for a having pleasure. me. It's been amazing. Such, yeah. a, such an amazing guest. Yeah, really interesting insight into a world that we not don't know enough about, mm. I suppose, the performance space. And yeah, hopefully some people go along and watch your show now as well. Oh, well, hopefully meet some people. And I'll definitely see you both again at some you other will. events as well. 100%. You definitely will. 100%. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Thanks Thank so you very much, much guys. guys. See you later. Bye. If you'd like to submit a kinky confession, please send in your stories, questions and confessions to whipsandgigglespodcast at gmail.com. If you feel like you'd be a good guest, please reach out to us on whipsandgigglespodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to our socials, our Instagram and our TikTok. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a rating and review. We would appreciate it. Thanks very much, guys. Toodle pip.